Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 1st of November. Today our reader is Stuart Roy, and our hymn is sung by Patricia Hunter, accompanied by George Knight. Today a reading is taken from St Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23, reading from verses 1 to 12. 
Jesus then addressed the people and his disciples in these words. The doctors of the law and the Pharisees sit in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do what they tell you. Pay attention to their words, but do not follow their practice, for they say one thing and do another. They make up heavy packs and pile them on men's shoulders, but will not raise a finger to lift the load themselves. Whatever they do is done for show. They go about with broad phylacteries and with large tassels on their robes. They like to have places of honour at feasts and the chief seats in synagogues, to be greeted respectfully in the street and to be addressed as rabbi. But you must not be called rabbi, for you have one rabbi and you are all brothers. Do not call any man another father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor must you be called teacher. You have one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Patricia Routledge is an incredibly versatile and accomplished actress and broadcaster whose career has spanned over 70 years through theatre, Broadway, film and television. Having portrayed roles in some serious productions, she has also taken lighter roles, most memorably her portrayal of a suburban lady with an over-exaggerated delusion of grandeur and social pretension. Ordinarily known as Mrs Hyacinth Bucket, she continually insists that her surname is enunciated with extra gravitas and flourish on the syllables of that surname, revealing it often as pronounced bouquet. She would then invite friends round for an infamous candlelit supper. The character tried to eschew the epitome of respectability and over-exaggerated often her importance and social standing. The effect was as comical as it was cringe-worthy. We can see something similar being played in world politics today. We can't but miss the campaigning in America, as the polls will be counted this coming week, and deciding who will be the next incumbent of the Oval Office and President. Inherent to any competitive campaign is the mantra, I am better than you, and I am better than the other person, and this is how and this is why. This kind of rhetoric is divisive in any community. Putting down the other people creates a sense of tension and division between us and them. Some might also use the analogy of the recent rollout of the Track and Trace or Track and Protect NHS system, publicised in the early days as a world-beating system. The inference taken from this implies that one system is better than another. Our system is better than your system. Sentiments that stir up a sense of tension, rivalry and division. This divisiveness can also be seen in the attitudes of the temple Pharisees and scribes that Jesus is talking to. He is in the temple amongst the crowds and his disciples, pointedly challenging the ways of the Jewish religious leaders, 
and the ways in which they instruct the people to follow. Up to this point, they have tried to entrap Jesus with questions and scenarios, and here it feels as if Jesus unleashes his ire and pointedly highlights their misdemeanours. He warns the crowds and his disciples against them. He tells them the scribes and Pharisees are in the line of Moses, and they know the commandments. So listen to them, and follow as they teach, but don't do what they do, for they do not practice what they teach. Jesus gives them their place within the religious community, and does not challenge this. Instead, he challenges the way that they practice their observance and their lack of humility and understanding of the people. Jesus then continues on to accuse the scribes and Pharisees of several hypocritical behaviours in his words to the crowds. He accuses them of not practising their own teachings. He accuses them of laying burdens onto others that are hard to bear without offering to lift a finger to help ease the load. This evokes Jesus' own ministry, where the requirements of such things as Sabbath observance and purity codes are identified as almost impossible for poor peasants or the urban poor to follow. The detailed emphasis on following these laws was central to the teaching of the Pharisees, and not taking care to mitigate such things for people marginalised by their society added to the burden of religious approved disdain on top of their suffering. Jesus accuses them of making a show of their faith. He says that they take the best seats to be seen in public places. They seek prestige and honour, they wear the best of robes and make their phylacteries broad and their prayer shawl fringes long. These superficial matters are only surface deep. The phylacteries, the boxes that were tied to the arm and forehead containing words of scripture, the fringes as part of their religious clothing, all were supposed to emphasise their religious devotion. And instead, he postures, they are used for show and pride rather than devotion to God's word. The Gospel writer Matthew writes his book at a difficult time in history. In this passage we have starkly highlighted the differences in core values between two communities, the synagogue and congregation, and Jesus' disciples. Both groups are trying to negotiate life under Roman rule and find their place in an ever-changing system. Both groups are vulnerable. One has lost its temple, and the other is a small, fledgling community. Through this lens, we can begin to see and understand the tensions and the debate. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. These last words contrast deeply with the action of the leaders and serve to remind us that there are saint-like people in the world today whose raison d'etre is humility in the service of others. People filled with such compassion that it fuses communities in their pursuit of equality, justice and peace for all. These actions, though 
leave a sense of vulnerability. And perhaps it is that which the Pharisees fear. Vulnerability is a nice sounding word, but one that most of us would like to avoid. It names the condition of need and dependence that's often not comfortable, and that our culture regularly invites us to imagine that we can and should avoid. But while vulnerability is uncomfortable, it is also what makes us human. Brené Brown, the lecturer and researcher, in a talk on the power of vulnerability, suggests that when we try to numb those things that are uncomfortable or pose a risk, feelings of sadness, grief and vulnerability, we also then numb our capacity to feel joy, satisfaction and happiness. Church, at its best, can be a place that reminds us that vulnerability is not something to shun or deny, and that God has promised to meet us precisely at our points of vulnerability, our points of need. The God we know in Jesus always shows up where we least expect God to be. In a feeding trough, in a stable rather than a jewelled crib in a palace. Among the poor and destitute rather than with the rich and powerful. And on the cross of an outlaw rather than astride the warhorse of a conquering hero. Similarly, God shows up in our acts of sacrifice and mercy, rather than through assertions of will and attempts to collect worldly power and goods. Today, we live in the shadow of many saints, but by their example, we know that God is at work, blessing, sustaining and supporting all of God's beloved children and world. So now, let us go and do likewise. Amen. We now have a couple of questions to help us in our reflection today. Today, the 1st of November, is also known as All Saints Day. Who are the real-life saints that have inspired you or encouraged you? And if you were to meet any saintly person from the past or the present, who would it be and why? Who are the real-life saints that have inspired you or encouraged you? And if you were to meet any saintly person from the past or the present, who would it be and why? We now have a prayer of concern for others. Let us pray. God of creation and abundance, amidst the wild winds and storms of life, you offer us wise words of hope to sustain us and to guide us in times of vulnerability and challenge, and we give thanks for your patience. You, God, are a God of love. We thank you that your will for us is always good, and so much more than we would ever imagine. You take whatever we have, 
our skills and talents, and show us how to use them wisely, as many have done before us, to make the world a better place. We offer you our weaknesses and our stumbling thoughts, for you to make us sure-footed, and we offer you our hesitation for you to make us confident. We pray for those who are constantly told that they are worthless. May they begin to see themselves as you see them. We pray for those whose hopes are denied or quashed, who are continually being put down. May they know that in your eyes and by your will, they are loved and their deepest longings will become reality. We pray to God for those who feel so insecure that they stifle the talents of others, for those so desperate to shine that they harm the reputation of others, and those who in their race to get ahead trample others. We pray for all those people who spend so much time envying the gifts of others that they fail to recognise their own gifts or use them well. Lord God, help us today to see you and to reveal you in every simple thing and in every complex creature and to give thanks and praise always. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now let us go in peace. Where the road ahead is uncertain or changing, let us always know that God is love, that Christ's light endures, that the Holy Spirit is found in and through all of creation. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love, this day and every day. Amen. <laughs>